0: So, how did you get started? How did you make the the transition to start this business? Uh, I understand you 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 were doing something with your partner, but what made you go into construction in so the first place? When I was doing the car washes, the car the car washes were getting quite big. I used to I used to find car wash sites in in multi storey car parks. I then used to do a deal with like NCP or Gumbolf Keys. I then would. Find a car valuer who used to work with me, and I'd I'd get him a DTI loan. I'd get a loan for the car valetor to take on the the franchise. So the DTI loan was a was a uh, a loan for government for for, for young people who want to start their business. Basically, it was interest free and it's unsecured. Yeah. So I've did two or three of those sites. One in Gunwharf, one in Reading, and another one I think in Fareham in 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 Hampshire. And, and I always used to have a drive-through car wash in Southsea, which was my main one. Right. And I always used to clean the cars of property developers and investors like Aston Martins and AMGs and Mercs. And, and I used to think, oh, I don't, want, you know, I don't want to clean them cars. I want one of those cars. And I would never be making de- enough money to buy anything like that. So um, I was offered the opportunity by someone in Portsmouth to come and work for him as a land agent finding deals because he knew I had the gift of the gab and I was good at sourcing deals. So um, I then made the jump into property as an agent, off-market agent. I then walked away from the car wash business because I went all in. And um, my first... One of the first tasks, we, were, we we spent a lot of time in Dubai. And um, my old boss spent a lot of time in the Burj al-Arab. And obviously in the Burj al-Arab you meet a lot of global, rich and, and influential people. And he bumped into a diplomat who was part of the Comorian government. So the Comoros Islands are off, off Madagascar. Uh, in uh, the Camorra Islands are probably three or four islands uh, which are very tiny, you know, big as half a size of the Isle of Wight. And they offered uh, us one of the islands to develop into tourism based opportunities. So I went, flew to Dubai, then Nairobi, then. Nairobi to Grand Camaro, which I then had a tour. I met all the government officials and I got taken through by by a seaplane to Mahili. And this, when you land on Mahili, it's like Jurassic Park, untouched, no, hardly no humans about. Yeah, maybe about 3,000 people on the whole island. And basically I'm, i I went there about five or six times over a space of two years, and I did uh, uh, deals with all the tribes around the island to secure long leases with the tribal leaders basically That's amazing yeah so it went on for quite a while, and that sort of that took you know my negotiating skills and i didn't have, I didn't know what I was doing really yeah. you know who I was I was cleaning cars six months before. Yeah, then right. I'm, I'm doing these deals of, uh, you know, government officials with security with their machine guns standing around me. Um, and then, unfortunately, that really didn't go any further because the credit crunch was coming. So on our last trip, we chartered a private jet from Nairobi to the Camaros and uh we did we did we, we did one meeting we flew back and on the way back um my old boss said um nick uh, there's going to be a global recession and i think you need to um go back and you know do do something else and i thought well cheers mate thanks a lot cuz all this effort i put into it i uh, i did have shares of in this deal and also i had deals in the pipeline which i was finding you know in and around hampshire off-market deals where we're going to get development opportunities, and um, so flew flew back and I had to reinvent myself, and that is when I came to London and reinvented myself as a off-market agent in Mayfair, and I teamed up with a... Sorry, before you move on to that, how were you feeling on the way back? Did you feel let down? Did you feel betrayed? Did you feel... Yeah, very angry. Yeah. Very angry because who did, who did he think he was telling me that I'd go back to do maybe car washing or something. I right. And and he was he was also trying to stop me doing anything to do with property because he thought he had some power over me. Right. He said if I do anything in property, he's I'm not going to have any more shares in this company. He's, he's not going to pay me my fees because he's he made me sign this sort of com- whatever agreement. Whatever it was, yeah. And I said, you know what? Keep all your money. Keep all that. I'm off to London to go make my fortune. So uh, reinvented myself up here, uh, and I already knew quite a lot of people anyway, who uh, in property, and I landed a couple of deals, one in Deanery Street Mayfair, which I found, um, and I sold onto a investor. Bought it for 2 million quid. He got planning. We sold it for 3 million quid about six months later So I had my fees on the way in and I had my fees on the way out. And that that gave me a taste of trading in London. So I did that for two years. Then uh, one person uh, who knew me through this other guy said, look, if you find a property, I'll give you the money to do it. So I found this uh, studio in Primrose Hill, and it was on with Savills Auction. We bought it for 250,000, I I think we spent 30K on it, and then we sold it a week later for 350. Impressive. So we did that, I think I made 10, 15 grand out of it. Then we found a property in Holyport Road in Fulham, Bought that for five fifty. Spent two hundred grand on it, and then we sold it for nine fifty. And then that's when we started to grow. That's when I that's when I bought on board my ex business partner because he was the builder. We bought him. I bought him on board, and then after we'd done one, the neighbours kept going. Can you do us? Can you do mine? Can you do mine? And that's what that's what made us stay in Fulham. Right. So from that, it was like a snowball effect from there. You know, our first job was like a little loft conversion, then a side return, then a kitchen extension. Then someone said to us, can you do a basement? We'd never done a basement in our lives before, but guess what? Sure, we'd do a basement. Of course. So that for the first basement job was a basement, side return, loft conversion, pod room, full refurb, and it was about a 700 grand job. And that was our biggest one then. Wow. Well. And then off the back of that, we did another one and another one. Then we landed a really big one and then another one. Then there was a £2 million job. And th- then we got, you know, then we moved into this office here about five years ago. And um, yeah, we landed, you know, a £10 million project, build cost. And then, you know, and that so. We at our peak, we had four interior designers, four architects. And then that's when the ex-business partner cocked it all up. Yeah, of course. And then I got—I I really started again. Got rid of all my architects. Got rid of interior designers. And if I needed an architect, or if I needed an interior designer, I would call one up. Right. So a, a year and a half, two years later, you know, the team slowly building up again, um, and you know that was that was that was traumatic. Of course. But again my resilience and um, you know, my, my willpower just kept us going.